Welcome to the Birds Eye View podcast, the Philadelphia Inquirer's Eagles podcast. I'm here along with Les. I'm Jeff McLean. Excuse me. Here along with Les Bowen and EJ Smith. Hey guys, what's up? How's it going? Not a whole lot, Jeff. Well, Eagles are playing the Packers on Sunday, and uh, another good team, and a team uh, that uh, certainly has one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, and Aaron Rodgers playing at a typically elite level, but even this year. Perhaps even more so. Maybe the best we've seen in about almost a decade. Yeah. Um, maybe a little less than a decade. He's always great, but it just seems like the the marrying of, of Rodgers and this uh, Matt LaFleur scheme has really kind of kicked his skills into high gear. And he's got great position play, uh, skill position players and a good run game, a strong offensive line. And this will probably be the strongest offense they face this year yep. so far is that fair to say oh yeah i'd say so good lord they've uh, thrown for more touchdowns than the eagles have scored so yeah yeah i think this is probably one of the best offenses <clears throat> in the league in general at this point you know maybe yeah. it's second best a year, right and a year ago it wasn't like the defense stopped Aaron Rodgers. he kind of marched up and down the field they had a few stops in the second half and or very late in the fourth quarter they had a play right down by the goal line and mm-hmm. Craig James may have gotten a long way with a little PI there, but uh, his name was etched in Eagles lore with the pass breakup <laughs> there at the end that deflected to Nigel Bradham. And, you know, at that point, and the Eagles offense too, at that point was maybe as good as it played all last year as well. So, but this defense is strong. I don't know if it's, it's particularly stout, but um, let's start on that side of the ball. I know, you know, obviously Aaron Rodgers gets all the pub in that offense. But I, I wanted to start on the, the pack with the Packers defense because the Eagles offense right now is just a complete mess. And I'm wondering, based upon what they did last year, does that offer them any uh, any chance to really kind of break out of their doldrums? Why don't you go first, EJ? Yeah, <clears throat> I mean, I'm not really sure I, at this point what kind of – I know that they had success last year, but, I mean, it's it's kind of staggering to look at the, the last year last year's game and just sort of, like, realize that wasn't that long ago. It's a completely different right. offense that you're looking at. And, um, you know, Green Bay's passing defense isn't great, but it's significantly better than Seattle's or Cleveland's. So, um, you know, it's hard to – you know, project that they're going to have any sort of success against almost any defense in the NFL at this point, just until they figure out what woes them. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, it, it was, it's just, it's just such a different team. You know, the, the things that worked for them last year, not, none of it is working this year. So, well, the yeah. offensive line is so different from yeah. what, and the quarterback, of course, but I think the offensive line first and then the quarterback, uh, it's, uh, we might have Matt. We might have uh, uh, Jack Driscoll uh, at right tackle this week. I don't know if that's much of an improvement over Matt Pryor. He, Pryor was really poor, I thought, uh, against Seattle. But uh, you know what the Eagles did last year uh, was run the ball incredibly effectively yeah. uh, against the Packers defense and kind of keep Rodgers off the field a little bit, even though he was incredibly effective when he was on the field. He, he spent long stretches on the bench while the Eagles built these long drives. Uh, Jordan Howard, who, who they did protect yesterday uh, on their practice squad, had an incredible game. Uh, 
against the Packers last year. I think he ran for two touchdowns and caught a touchdown pass, which is not exactly something he's done a lot of in his career. Uh, I can't imagine he'll be a big part of the offense this weekend, but, you know, that was kind of how they did it. They just had a very effective running game behind guys like Brandon Brooks, who aren't there right now, and Lane Johnson. And, uh, you know, uh, I, if they can do that again, uh, I guess they have a chance, but I wouldn't hold my breath. That's like the it's... that's like the one way that I could see them at least making the game close is if, you know, all of a sudden we see them just completely switch philosophy on offense and just start running the ball. Like, you know, like you said about last year, um, especially, you know, with guys, you know, Matt Pryor might not play, but, um, you know, I still think that because the offensive line is so disjointed and they just have to keep shuffling guys in and out. I mean, you'd think that they would be able to, you know, have a little bit more success running the ball um, just with all the guys up front that they have. So, yeah, you know, I don't think one of the uh, undersold stories or un- undertold stories last week was just Jason Kelsey's not at 100 percent. And uh, with that arm and, and he struggled, it was this hundred straight game. So kudos to him for just playing through so many injuries and yet another one with the elbow. But this is a three, four front. And when Jason's had troubles in the past, it's been against big nose tackles and Kenny Clark certainly qualifies. He's one of, he's one of the better nose tackles, big dude, about three twenty. And I just wonder if this run scheme is, is, uh, is going to be effective against the Packers. So I th- almost feel like you have to, I mean, you have to favor the pass a little more again. Um, you know, there, there's a good secondary there. It's not great. Uh, Jair Alexander is a really good corner, and, and Adrian Omos is a good safety. But, you know, Kevin King has kind of been up and down, and Shannon Sullivan, you know, we remember him, guys. Uh, he plays in the nickel. I think there's opportunities there. And then certainly if we get Zach Ertz back, you have him in Dallas. Dallas seems to be starting to kind of work his way back into full strength. Maybe that's where you win the game. Yeah, uh, with those type of matchups, because the receivers right now just aren't getting open, and the numbers are dreadful for the last three weeks. Yeah, you can certainly, you know, everybody wants to look at a few plays here and there where Wentz doesn't see something, which certainly happens. I kind of think it happens with every quarterback. It's happening more with him right now. I think because he's pressing and, you know, trying to do too much. He could have. On that long ball that he chucked down the middle to to Goddard that he underthrew, he could have he had two guys open underneath, you know that kind of thing happens. But really, a lot of the blame that he's taking for not getting the ball out quickly is because nobody beats press coverage on this team. Right? It's uh, you know Jalen Rager. I don't know. I it's a long, long way to go before you really rip into him as a pick because he missed so much time and he is a rookie, but. I don't see this uh, sneaky speed that they were touting. And, you know, I, it, I don't know. I, Alshon Jeffrey has no speed whatsoever at this point in his career, and they are force-feeding him into the offense. Uh, he's almost like a tight end at this point. Uh, they just don't have anybody to go over the top. They don't play high power. Uh, the, his only catch was for, like, one yard or something last week. Uh you know, I, it's it's a grim situation there. It's it's kind of staggering when you see how many of the top wide receivers in the league right now are, are guys who switch teams in the offseason. Um, you know, yep. you think about DeAndre Hopkins or Stefan Diggs or even Robbie Anderson, who was available in free agency. 
Um, and, you know, I agree with you. Like, it's, it's tough with Rager. I mean, it's obviously really early. But at the same time, they drafted him in the first round with the expectation that he would be the thing that would fix the receiving core. And it yes. just hasn't happened, you know, and I agree. I think that, you know, the, the speed was what they all, what, it, what was the speed was the attractive part about it, but I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't see it when you watch him, you know, it's, 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 well, you know, when we saw him in training camp, it was obvious that he was fast, but you know, on the field, you know, during these games, it seems like it's not really a factor right now. It doesn't pop. It doesn't yeah. seem like he's got that extra giddy up that you, you want to see out of, you know, when Tyree kill first time you saw him, you're like, Whoa, yeah. you know, He's he's not that, and and I don't know if they even really kind of thought that he was that, but you know they they thought they were getting someone in that mold, and we have yet to see it. Um, I, I agree with you, less. It's too early. Um, the receiver position takes time. To, I, I think he can certainly play at this level and, and be a starter, um, but when you compare him to the other rookies, ones that got drafted ahead of him and ones that they passed on, it, it's it's been tough. It's been tough for them to have to see. Um, all that production from from the other receivers, and he's yet to really kind of have any notable production. Um, you know, with the John Hightower thing, it's interesting. You know, I, I wrote a story like right before it was right after the the bye week. It was during the bye week, I think. And you know, one of their main problems was they were forcing it to Hightower down the field, and there were times where he was getting separation. He just had trouble tracking the ball. He dropped a few. Um, he'd run a couple poor routes. And some of that was on Carson as well. And I think you know, they, at that point, they decided you, you can't be throwing into these, forcing these issues down the field. And he was holding the ball too long. A lot of his turnovers were resulting from that. But that basically took Hightower off the field. And as did Alshon's return, I don't know why. And now all of a sudden, you don't really have that element out there because Rager doesn't really seem to be running a lot of deep routes or they're not kind of scheming, trying to scheme him open down the field. So oh. who do you have? Yeah. yeah, you have nobody, and they're trying to simplify the offense for Carson, and you know give him easier reads. But they're not entirely doing that as well because you're you're facing man situations, and they don't have guys that are getting open. You still have you know run more pick plays, run more plays to to get those guys open, and and roll him out more, and yeah. you know, and they just haven't done that. Um, and the play action game hasn't been there, and. It's just a mess. <laughs> um, yeah, their problems with play action are really interesting. It it has to do with the offensive line, but it also has to do with design, I think. I wish I were more of an X and O maven, but, you know, everybody else's play action is like the hottest thing in the league right now, and they might be the worst team in the league at doing it. Yeah. Right, and it seems like, you know, in Scangarello, Rich Scangarello, who they brought in the offseason, you know, bringing some element of the, the Kyle Shanahan offense, which is, you know, the run block, the one of the best zone run blocking schemes in the NFL, and that that effectively sets up the play action. Uh, there's a lot of nuance to it as well. That just they've they've been one of the worst play action teams in the NFL, and, and it's either they're not doing it right, mm-hmm. or they're not setting it up well enough, or Scangarell just hasn't been able to decode that for the Eagles. Yeah, yeah, I, and I don't. We haven't. We've talked to Scangarello a little bit. Uh, I would love to talk to him now and really press in on that situation and what's going on. Uh, but I have no real feel for why that is. I wonder if he, you know, coming in. Yeah, this is a this is a really established offense with guys with set roles, and mm-hmm. here's the new guy bringing in, you know, 
brought in to be the hot shot with the new ideas, the innovative ideas. And it's probably just been hard to kind of get through. Yeah. Could be the case. And with Doug, you know, a certain comfort level with the guys that he already has there and with the offense that he's run. And it's just been hard to, and you know, it was almost like he was kind of forced on them. I mean, yep. let's be yeah, fair. absolutely. Yeah. I think that's a big factor with all of this is you, you, they should have seen when they forced Doug to fire Mike Grove that things like that don't work out well when you're trying to get a coach to do something that he doesn't really want to do, you know, making him, you know, embrace things that he doesn't really believe in. That's, that's not any path to success. It really isn't. Doug's a West coast guy. I mean, like basically there's two, there's basically two trees right now when it comes to offenses in the NFL, there's the West coast, Andy Reid tree. And then there's the Kyle Shanahan tree. And, uh, you wonder if there's some sort of, you know, I'm, you're right. Doug is resistant to that type of offense because this is the offense he's always worked in and always kind of called plays in and the one he believes in. Yeah. And you go back to that, you know, look, I mean, it, boy, is Mike Rowe smiling right now? You know, I mean, <laughs> boy, if someone, you know, I, I don't think Rowe was some sort of mastermind either, but, you know, maybe you gave him another year. And they start to figure things. I don't know. There were there were certainly problems between Grow and Carson, and that factored it into as well. And you know what's Carson's? You know Carson has a loud voice too, right? I mean, yeah, we know he's no he's no um, you know he's not no sitting in no corner, not having his voice heard, right? I don't know what he's doing. I with with Carson, I I wrote about this today. I, we've gotten to the point with these news conferences where there's like an elephant in the room and it just sort of sits there and he doesn't acknowledge it. You know, if you listen to Carson, everything's just, you know, a few little adjustments and, you know, we have to do a little better job of this and that he's having one of the worst seasons anybody's ever had. One of the worst regressions anybody's ever had. And it doesn't, you don't get the feel from him that he, really comes to grips with this that he understands you know that oh i'm gonna do things the way i've always done them and you know i we just have to you know i have to do a better job during the week of getting on the same page as these guys and i i don't get it i i don't get this what he's looking at i i don't get i think that's very fair i think you did a very good i think you did a very good job of 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 explaining that because you know looking at the big picture of what what's old it does seem that way like Carson knows he's not playing well but it's I don't think he's you know he never he throws anyone else that bad he really doesn't think it's that bad and right he never imagine. throws anyone under the bus he doesn't point blame else elsewhere yeah. but at the same time I, I don't think he realizes how poorly he's played yeah you know they had nine points uh, against Seattle until that Hail Mary you know, at the end of the game. I mean, nine points. I mean, that's that's not, oh, gosh, you know, we need to, to tighten up this and tweak that. It's, uh, holy crap, this is a, you know, what the hell are we doing? You know, I mean, that's, you don't ever get that sense from him. Maybe that's just sort of his armor, but uh, it, it just doesn't, uh, it doesn't resonate with me at, at this point in the year. Yeah, and you've been points. kind of one of his bigger defenders. Guy, the, uh, yeah, those are those nine points came against a really bad passing defense. And, you know, Les, you mentioned this earlier, like the thing that's, that's most 
confounding to me is this this consistent message that oh I'm not going to change what I do I'm not going to change who I am it's like you know you're you're over aggressive a lot of the time you know you're you never want to you never want to say say you know play is over and I get that's part of who he is but at the same time you know I think that the idea that oh well I'm not going to change anything about what I'm doing you know I'm just going to keep playing my game it's like well that's not working right now and you know it's that is one of the biggest things that's kind of just confusing about how he's approached this year is, you know, this insistence that, you know, his approach is fine. It's, it's just, you know, got to get on the same page with guys and, you know, just keep working at it. So Carson thinks that he's a thoroughbred and really honestly, you know, he thinks he's, he's a Corvette and honestly, really, he's probably not. He's probably more of a Buick. And, you know, uh, for example, look at what Baker Mayfield did last year versus what he did this year. Yeah. You know, last year he was a down the field guy throwing bad interceptions and the double coverage, et cetera. And he's kind of changed his style of play. They they focus more on the run. He's been more of a play action, roll out, one, two read guy. And I think that's what Carson ultimately may have to be, um, which is not what you signed up for, but at least to help get him out of his, his problems. And that's what we saw late last season, but he's just not consistent enough down the field. He's, he's, He's holding the ball too long. He's not seeing things. He seems a little skittish in the pocket, which I can certainly understand because of the offensive line issues, and he's been beat up, Yeah, you know, these three or four years. I mean, we haven't really kind of gotten into that discussion, although it's kind of speculative. But I think he just has to be a check down Charlie uh, to steal a phrase of his one of his favorite quarterbacks growing up. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Uh, let's switch over then, I guess, to, to the defense, which has played well. Have you guys noticed that uh, they didn't start playing – uh, sound football until Nate Gary all of a sudden got some mysterious injury. <laughs> yeah. But that is a trend with Schwartz defenses here for some reason. The second half of the season is always much better than the first half. I don't know why that is exactly, but it seems to be true. And you're, But you're right. Alex Singleton is head and shoulders better than Nate Gary. And I don't know that you'll ever get Jim Schwartz to admit that, but it's the truth. Yeah, it's absolutely the truth. And, I, and we, we all, I, you know, like I'm, I'm not trying to say I'm some sort of expert or something like that, but like I just always watch Alex Singleton in practice make plays. I'm like, why isn't he playing? I just never understood it. And, you know, it's like, oh, he's a CFL guy and whatever. It's just, it, 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 this stuff that you don't think it happens, but it happens that, you know, they don't play the best guys for these other out underlying issues. Um, I don't want to well, get- coordinators love guys who really understand their system. But if you can't make plays, understanding the system is useless. Right. And I really think they overvalue, you know, the – Being in the right spot. Right. Field, uh, you know, mentality. It, it doesn't do you any good. It's so he you – know, once in a while, Nate Gary prevents someone else from making a mistake for, for, by lining up in the wrong spot. But – if he can't tackle anybody or cover anybody, how much is that worth? Really? Quick aside, like Nick, uh, quick aside, like, so um, Connor Barn, when he was here, would always, I always, I always talk about how just, we would talk about JJ Watt and he got to play with JJ a little bit. And Connor is a be in the right place type of player. If there's anyone I've ever covered who was always in the right place, it was Connor Barwin. Yes. And, but he was like, you know, he, he, he would just, he loved JJ. He knew he's a, he's a Hall of Famer, but he, he'd say, "Well, he you know he doesn't play within our scheme, and <clears throat> they allow him to do whatever he wants." Well, there's a reason why you know, like, and he would joke about it. Yeah. He, was, he was no dummy. He's like, "Yeah, he can basically do whatever he wants." And there's times where like guys got to cover for him, or he'll he'll leave a gap open or something like that. But he's still making unbelievable plays, and I think that's what you see with the Singleton, and that's why Jim will be like, 
Yeah. yeah. You know, well, you know, he's not perfect. He, you know, he made a mistake here and there. And there. Nate Gary, you never heard that about him. Yeah. And meanwhile, he completely sucked. Um, right. So he's helped shore the defense a little bit. And I, and, but the less you mentioned, typically, yeah, over these last several years, they have been better in the second half, but there's always a, they always lay an egg in one game or another. And yeah, this isn't a good match. This is not a good matchup for them. Uh, unless they get just incredible pass rush pressure which they kind of did against Seattle. They only had a couple sacks because it's Russell Wilson and he escapes or throws the ball away and stuff. But they had really consistent pass rush pressure from several people. They're going to need to be like 50% better than that to disrupt Aaron Rodgers. You know, Aaron Rodgers will find Avante Maddox and he'll hit, uh, you know, if, uh, if Slay is covering Adams, he'll find ways to get the ball to Adams. You know, it's not going to bother None of their coverages are going to bother Aaron Rodgers one bit. He'll just dice them up. And they have a good running game, too, so you can't really, you know, take people out of the box. Yeah. Do we know if um, Corey Lindsay's going to be starting? I mean, he had an injury last game, right? It's true. I do not I mean, know. That's a good offensive that. line. That, I mean, yep. you know, David Batari yeah. uh, yeah. is one of the best left tackles in the NFL. Um Runyon's kid is, is yeah. having a heck of a rookie. Yeah, year. he's been filling in. Yeah, he's he's kind of like a spot duty guy whenever they need him, and he's done a nice job. So I mean, you know, if Aaron has time, he'll, he'll just pick you the heck apart. And even then, if he doesn't have time, there's nobody better at extending a play and and being able to yeah. make some sort of ridiculous throw because you can throw from about a thousand different arm angles. And you know, he's got Adams. As his, as his basically bulk guy, but he's also got, you know, Valdez uh, Scantlin who can get you over the top. He's got mm-hmm. uh, a couple of tight ends, and then you mentioned the run game. Um, and the Eagles have done a nice job against running backs this year, but, you know, this just adds another element to what's right now maybe the best pass offense in the NFL. Um, do you think that – I? I Darius Light talked about this in the offseason about, and I think he did well against EJ. You wrote about this. He did yeah. well against Devontae Adams. I got to, mm-hmm. I got to imagine they have him shadowing him. Yeah, I would, I would imagine so. I watched them their last matchup in 2019. Um, it was a week 17 of last year, <clears throat> and so it it was kind of a, a tougher, tough one to to really evaluate because Slay got hurt. Um, he left for part of the game and came back and the second half he was limping like the rest of the game, but um, he did, he got targeted seven times. He gave up four catches for 63 yards. One of the catches that, um, that I watched, it was like, you know, not really, I mean, of course you'd love him to make the play, but you can understand why he didn't. He got beat on the outside and a cover two look, um, you know, it wasn't a huge deal, but um, he did give up two catches for 50 yards before he got hurt. So um, so, you know, I think you chalk some of it up to Adams is a really good player and he's got one of the best quarterbacks ever throwing him the ball. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I, I do think it'll be really interesting to see how much help he's afforded because, you know, the Jim Schwartz made a big deal at, uh, yesterday about how, you know, they were able to do so much because Darius Slay didn't ask for any help with DK Metcalf. And, you know, um, it'll be interesting to see if that's how they approach it this week. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. fa- that's fair. Yeah. Uh, it- you know, I know a lot of people were like, oh, you know, shame on Jim for not giving Slay help and even on that long catch. But, you know, Jim called a cover zero blitz there. And the technique, he was right. The technique that Darius needed to play was he, he needed to he needed to give him more space and he needed to play on top of him a little more. Uh, and he didn't. 
And that's why the, he gave the touchdown. He said otherwise, everything else was kind of, you know, the, the cost of doing business against one of the best receivers right now in the NFL. Um, but as you mentioned, last, I mean, you know, they'll they'll find the Aaron Rodgers will find the holes on this defense, and there are, yeah. and there are plenty of them. Um, you know, even yeah, I was I wanted to say though with, with the Seattle game, I, it was frustrating watching seeing Metcalf get all those catches and all those yards, but. Schwartz's point was a pretty good one. When you really go back and look at the game, I agree. The stats. I mean, that defense gave up 17 yeah. points, really, to the Seahawks. The Seahawks got an extra six points on Doug Peterson going for it on fourth down and at midfield, you know, twice and not getting it. Uh, they just kicked easy field goals. But, uh, you know, it, it worked. I mean, they had no other offense. And I, I don't know that I really grasped this during the game because the touchdowns were scored by other guys, you know, after Metcalf set them up. But they couldn't do it. They, their running game was nowhere. Wilson passed for 53 yards to, to receivers that weren't Metcalf. Uh, yeah. You know, I, it was I, – Schwartz takes a lot of criticism. A lot of it's, you know, uh, legit. But – he gave him a real chance to win that game. He really did, just like in the playoffs. Yeah, Jim, yeah. Last Jim's year. a professional defensive coordinator. I mean, Jim knows what he's doing. He's smart. He, uh, you know, you uh, every each game you do understand what he's trying to get accomplished. I feel uh, maybe he could do a little yeah. more in terms of with his rush sometimes. Um, but I think by and, la- by and large, if you look at the you know the bottom of the ledger, uh, he'll have a little more more wins than losses. I mean. The Rams game was a, was he got totally out coached there. Um, he got out coached by the Giants in the second game. That was not that was not a great against Daniel Jones. I mean that was not a great performance. But he's these last several games he's had very good game plans. And I don't know what his game plan is going to be against Aaron Rodgers. I mean you kind of I think you just got to play him straight up and just and just yeah. hope that your pass yeah. rush gets home. Um, hoping that some of these injuries up front will affect that that offensive line of the Packers and hope that, you know, Fletcher Cox is feeling great. Hope that Brandon Graham, hope that Derek Burnett's playing more, you know, like the guy we saw this past week than the one that we've seen in other weeks. Hope that Josh Sweat continues his, his run and just let the chips fall where they may and hope your offense scores some points. But it's, it's a tough challenge, I think for, for Jim. Um, are, are there any wrinkles you guys could see that, besides him playing them straight up? Do you think, I mean, you can't blitz them, right? I mean, geez. No. Yeah, yeah that's uh, – yeah, I don't know. I he's the, the thing is, he's 37 years old, but he's regained mobility <laughs> this year, it seems like to me. You know, there were a few years there where Rodgers was kind of a – almost like a – He was going to hit a lot. He was getting hurt a lot. Very good, and you really could – yeah, you could mess him up if, uh, if you got a good pass rush. But I haven't yeah. seen that this year. Maybe it's just lines so much better, but he looks pretty nimble back there and if you remember last year Rodgers gained a lot of yards with his feet yeah. against the Eagles I was amazed by that in fact that after the Eagles won and Wentz did his press conference there at Lambeau as he was walking off the podium I tried to make a joke with Carson about how boy you really can't run like Aaron Rodgers and I don't think he got it at all I think he looked at me like who is this idiot you know but yeah that's beside that a lot of man <laughs> defense last year which you know backs to the backs to the quarterback that allowed Aaron just to take what what was given and I think they're just gonna have to do that yeah. again yeah um hope that 
you know, hope that there aren't as many opportunities there and just hope that your guys cover down the field. I guess I uh, hope your pass rush really more than anything gets there. Because I think if you play too much zone, and I, they're probably not, with, if Slay's going to follow Devontae, that kind of takes it out of the equation. Um, you know, they'll play some. And they'll mix it up a little bit. But um, they just got to yeah. hope that the rush gets home. I mean, that's it's pretty simple, right? I mean, we could just yeah. whirl it down the one sentence. Yeah. The rush has to really disrupt. They have to create fumbles and blocked passes and interceptions and things like that, which they, it's the one thing you can really criticize, even with that Seattle game, you know, they didn't, they didn't do that, you know, and that's, uh, that's something that could really help the offense. And it just isn't happening with this defense. Slate talks about how with man to man, it's very, very hard to get a lot of interceptions because your back is always turned to the quarterback, but, they got to do something. They got to find a way to help this offense uh, by giving well, them. Some right. Shoes. Speaking of speaking of the man coverage stuff, I mean, the, I can't help but think about that Rams game. And you know, Lafleur does a lot of the same stuff. You know, this is a, another offense that exploits yep. man coverage with pick routes and play action pass and all that other stuff. So I don't know. Like when I'm thinking about my prediction for the game, I'm thinking like, am I going to regret not think not predicting that the Packers are going to you know, put up a ton of points just because they are so good against man coverage, you know, it's, so that is, yeah. that's something in the back yeah. of my head for sure. Yeah. As we mentioned earlier at the top, I mean, this is, this is part of the Shanahan offense. This is, you know, now they certainly yeah. do a lot of stuff that Rogers kept and liked from uh, previous offenses, some of it West coast, but um, you know, this is the Shanahan offense again, and um, Eagles haven't done very well. Um, well, I guess the 49ers they did. So I, I take that back a little bit. Of course, the quarterback was, abysmal but if i go big picture right here i know most people that listen to this maybe not even maybe some of them checked out because they saw it was a preview to the packers game but uh, if you're looking big picture I, I know people some just want them to lose out so they get a higher traffic which is fair uh but if you look at the schedules i mean the eagles schedule is tough right but so's yeah. the giants and so's yeah. the redskins and the dallas has the easiest one but they're in last so I mean, they're still very much in this conversation of winning the division. I mean, so we can't really ignore that. Um, Right? I mean, so, like, I think I look at the lines this week. All four NFC East teams are on the road, but they're all at least, I think, eight-and-a-half-point underdogs. Mm, Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's just brutal. Yeah. And that's a lot in the NFL. Yeah. And – but and the thing about the Eagles winning the division is any any discussion of that implicitly uh, factors in them winning those games they have left against right. Dallas and Washington. Yeah, I can see them maybe beating Dallas, but Washington is – well, first of all, Washington beat them in the opener, and Washington right now with Alex Smith – is a much better team than the Eagles. Right. I, yeah. I think it's better. Yeah. I think it's a better team. I don't, I don't think Washington, New York doesn't have as much talent as the Eagles, but they're, but these, both these teams, I, I think Washington certainly has as much talent up front on the defensive yeah, line absolutely. as the Eagles. But both these teams are playing for their coaches. They're, they're, there's a, you know, when you watch the games, you can understand where the, the offensive game plan is coming from in each case. Um, they're, obviously, they're not good teams. Uh, but these are teams in f- with first-year head coaches, and the Eagles are kind of in the opposite, heading in the opposite direction, if you ask me. So um, maybe that hurts them down the stretch here. I think that's what a lot of people are thinking. Maybe it doesn't. I don't know. I mean, Doug's 
Doug's got five games here. And really, honestly, I think it's the safest job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I'm tending to go that way. A lot of people aren't. I know Mike Garofalo had a report saying that Doug's job is not in danger, but I don't think if it, Mike has great sources, but Jeffrey Lurie's the only person yep. that knows. And I don't think. No, and, and Mike even. So even if that's what Howie thinks, you know, it Mike might not qualified be that comment, thinks. though, saying, well, you know, for the first time, I'm starting to wonder if it that's fair, you know, like if that's true, you know, like. Yeah. Too when he when he when he put that out there, correct? I think so. Yeah, I don't know if it's all the same. So he's, I, he's I, doubting I, his own reporting, yeah. uh, and I I've never once thought Doug automatically comes back next year. You look at the you know typically you know NF, uh, Super Bowl winning coaches three years after they won aren't fired. Um, I don't think there's ever been yeah. that's ever happened in the NFL. Well, you know, he had more years after that. He was there for another six or seven years. Yep. Really? Yep. Yep. And uh, I think maybe Barry Switzer might have been um, the last only one. Um, So it doesn't happen very often. And and uh, Switzer, I think, had missed the missed two playoffs in a row. If I'm if I stand if I'm right, Doug. I mean, Doug's made three playoffs, made three straight playoff appearances. So. Mike McCarthy got he got a lot. Of, yeah, I went through it. I I, I kind of went through it in my head. I didn't like write it all down, but in my head, I think yeah. Switzer's the only one. You could argue that Mike McCarthy kind of wasted Aaron Rodgers' prime, and they wouldn't fire the guy. You oh know, yeah, right. Until it just right. Like, you, I mean, like you've seen that before, where there's like there's coaches that because they've won, and and so is Jeff going to be yeah. thinking about that? Do I mean I can't you know in his mind. Am I are we stuck with something that's I know not going to work? I mean, that's he made the call on the Chip Kelly in that in that case. Different different scenarios, but Chip was yeah. only two years removed from winning the division and, and making the playoffs. Yeah, we were we were all surprised. We had we kind of knew that there were obviously the field the on the field product was declining, and we knew that people in the building hated Chip, but. If you'd have asked me before that happened, I would have thought well, because, Chip might get another year. Out of that. <laughs> I mean, he had a well. They won in the they won in the, coach. the New England and beat a good Pacers team, and then they beat the Bills rather comfortably. So we thought maybe that kind of saved Chip, but there were some really ugly. I mean, like the, oh, I, yeah, I the mean, just the, the, uh, the Rams game, uh, the Dolph- the Dolphins game was a close one, but it was just ugly the way that they, that was more like the Doug kind of losses that we've seen this year, the Eagles losses this year, but they got blown out yeah. by the Lions in Detroit. And then they got blown out by the Redskins, which is basically the final straw Doug, the Eagles, they haven't gotten, they've only yeah. gotten blown out once. Yeah, that was that. Right. Game but, but th- yeah. I think that doesn't yeah. factor in Doug's in the way Jeff viewed Doug because with Doug, you're looking specifically, you know, Doug pointed this out in the press conference on Monday. Yeah, you guys haven't asked about defense and how well they played, and, <laughs> you know, and, and it's like, yeah, okay, you are the head coach. You get credit for that, but you don't have anything that really to do with that scheme or that game plan or anything really, honestly. And, in fact, you you keep hurting the defense. The defense would be playing better if you weren't coughing up the football and 
Yeah. Field. You know, it's Jeff's looking yeah. at this from the offensive point of view, and Jeff is Mr. Offensive owner, and he's thinking, good God, I mean, we don't – there's uh, there's no turning this around, especially with Carson still tied to us for at least a couple – at least a year or two. Yeah, I was going to point that out. I feel like next season's going to be – the people who are there, they're going to be tasked with the job of fixing Carson Wentz because that is – such a humongous thing that the organization has to get figured out. You know, if he's salvageable at all, they have to do it. So I feel like that's going to have a big role in whatever happens. That's very well said. I, I think they have to, the, the biggest thing Jeffrey Lurie has to figure out is how much of what's happened to Carson Wentz is yeah. Doug's fault. Right. If any of it is. And if, if any of that is Doug's fault, uh, or if Doug doesn't seem like he has a great plan for fixing it, uh, you have right. to go to somebody else. Yep. Shockingly, but uh, that seems to be where we're heading in, at least yeah. my opinion of that. All right, real quick, guys, picks. What do you got? Um, I think I'm going to go Packers 27-13. Again, it might be a higher scoring game, but um, you know, I just don't see how the Eagles offense is going to put up a lot of points. Yeah. Uh, Les? You know, that's that's a pretty good uh, score right there. I might go uh, Packers, uh, 30, Eagles, I don't know. Doug always ends up on weird <laughs> numbers because he goes for two. Let's say uh, yeah, I was going to gonna say that. I don't know. Uh, I, but I'm going to say 17 because they, uh, I think the last three games, they've only scored 17 points each game. Is that correct? So let's stick with 17. Um, yeah. And I think the Packers are going to be able to score a bunch of points. And not just because I, I think Jim's defense is, is playing poorly or that they're going to do a jab, bad job, but there's going to be situations where they're going to be put in bad spots and it could, yeah. it could get, there could be a defensive, you know, touchdown. Yeah. This defense does get tired and does get, you know, if it's getting, if, if they turn the ball over early and a, and a roll gets going, this defense can't really stop. You know, that sort of tie. Look, the the, the Uh, Packers aren't invincible. Maybe, maybe they have a shot. I don't know. I mean, I just, it's hard for me to see it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. It's another one of those games like last week where the spread is generous enough. You know, the way the spread got before the game, the Eagles actually covered. Uh, It's, it's like nine points right now, I think, or nine and a half. And, you do have to watch that a little bit. I mean, they could score a meaningless touchdown at the end and end up under nine points, but seeing them actually yep. win, yep. I would be. All right, guys. Well, thanks uh, for joining us. Uh, everyone uh, at home, thanks for wherever you're listening to our podcast. Thanks again for joining the Bird's Eye View podcast. Please read all of our stories at inquire.com. Sign up for the Early Birds newsletter and uh, tell all your friends as well. Have a nice day. We'll talk to you soon.